there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens. But trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oye, mi gente, I just want to give you a heads up. The program you are about to hear may have some explicit language. It may not. It also depends on where the vibes and the spirit leads us. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Morenita, a deep dive into the Latinx experience. With Morenita, we want to create a community and a shared space with you while sharing knowledge and inspiration. This show is about celebrating our culture with guests who exemplify the best of us. I'm Darlin Castillo, y te invito. Oye, mi gente, today we got a heavy hitter, Elaine Del Valle casting director, award-winning director, actor, writer, producer, and a fellow native New Yorker. If you've ever been curious of the ins and outs of the industry, if you've ever wondered what it takes to stand out in the room in front of a casting director, or if you wondered how to handle multiple things at once, Elaine Del Valle is your woman. She gives us so much of all of that in this episode. She is a force in this industry, and she is one of the leaders whom are changing the game for the Latine community. Honestly, the number of things that she's involved in is inspiring, encouraging, and making waves all over, not only in Hollywood. Now, hear me out. Elaine wears a lot of hats, so hang in there on this episode. The one thing that you will hear her describe is how she loves all of her duties equally and how they each help her be better in the other category. Her directing skills help her with her acting skills and how those help her with her writing skills. She also has her hand in producing, which helps her handle those conversations and rooms because she has a full understanding on all other angles. The most impressive thing about all of this is that she does them all extremely well. I mean, sure, we've all heard the saying, pick one thing and master it. But the fact that she's becoming a master of all of these skills shows her enthusiasm and her passion for it. And also that she's pretty badass. 
I'm still feeling like I'm in my young grasshopper phase compared to Elaine's extensive resume. So this interview was truly filled with so many lessons. There are a lot of wisdom nuggets in this one, especially for those of you who are hoping or currently working in this industry. It's also not just for the young grasshopper phase, folks. It's for anyone who is a leader, preparing to be a leader or hoping to be a leader in whichever field you are in. Elaine Del Valle shows us how she leads her ship. Te invito. Elaine, welcome to Morenita. I am so excited to have you here. It's been a long time conversation that I've been having with my manager, Melissa Young, trying to get you on here. So I'm so happy and te invito, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I love the name of your of your uh, podcast. <laughs> Whatever this is, I love your name. Yes, Morenita. I am Morenita. That's it. it. Has to be authentic. Yes, yes. real, real. I mentioned in your introduction a little earlier. Um, all the hats you wear. I mean, do you sleep? <laughs> I sleep very well. Yes, very come well. on. I have no choice. Like I, my head hits the pillow and I'm like, out, out. <laughs> I, I mean, you're I'm a director, like a you're an actor, you're a casting director. Is there one that you lean towards more than the other? Or do you love all your children equally? <laughs> um, well, if I had my druthers, I would be writing and directing and starring in it, right? Because okay. <laughs> I really love all of that. I love them all for their own reasons. And then each one of them actually uh, helps me be better at the other. Mm. So as a director, I'm actually a better actor. As an actor, I'm a better director. As a writer, I'm a better storyteller, which makes me a better director. Mm -hmm. So um, I produce as well, right? Which helps me to be able to communicate with those departments and understand the realities of filmmaking in a way that makes it something that I can actually do, mm -hmm. you know, something that gets finished. So all of these things really um, help me be better at the other, but I, I love directing. If I had to do one, it would really be directing, directing for anything, television, film, short films. I just love working with actors and then telling a visual story. Um, what draws you about the process of directing so much? I think it's everything that comes together all at once, right? So like an actor can be the best actor and get everything, but if the director hasn't chosen the right camera angle that's going to capture that, or even the right selection of just what we're seeing, everything that, that is on camera needs to be so well thought out, you know, from the foreground to the background to the little nuances that people don't even realize that are happening mm -hmm. to the lens that you... Um, land on in order to um, tell that story in the best way, whether it be handheld or steady cam or on sticks, you know, you make those choices as a director, as much as you do direct the actors, you're actually directing the camera. And I like to direct an emotional camera. Mm. So if it's a moment of like, you know, high intense stress and, you know, confusion, you know, that's going to be handheld for me all the time. Mm. We want to feel that in the camera as much as we do, because the camera choices help the actor help for the performance. Right. Because the audience doesn't necessarily know what they're watching that's making them feel that way. It's as a director, it's your job to make all those decisions to make them feel that way. And that's really 
it's so powerful to be directing for me. And I just love like watching film. So if I'm watching it as a matter of like, that's my director's monitor that I'm watching it on and I know what I've captured and I know what I got, that really is very empowering and super fun for me. I just love it so much. And it's very evident. I mean, you're the one making the audience feel that emotion. Yeah, with the help of so many others, but it's really, you have to lead them and and be led by their strength of craft. You know, take the advice of the cinematographer as to what's going to make that happen even better. You know, be ready to listen to your team that know what they're doing as well. So yeah, it's definitely the director's vision being on screen if you're lucky, Um, but it, it doesn't come with just like, it's not just the one person, right? It's everybody collaborating to make sure that that happens. I think about it so much as like painting because I think about like all the different paintbrushes that you're going to need and and the different ways to use them. And the canvas. And yeah, absolutely. It's all those department heads and the actors and and everybody that is just even the people taking stuff from the truck, right? Right. Because if you have everything set and your truck driver is not available that day, all of a sudden nothing's going to get done. So if you think about it like that, you, you come to uh, appreciate every person uh, below the line and above the line. You have a great reputation of not only your work, but of who you are as a person. And that's something that's very rare to find in this industry. How do you choose to operate in all the positions that you're in? And how do you maintain the energy that you bring? I think that's important right now. Well, I'm just a really enthusiastic person. I have to say, like right now, I feel like I'm like, settled yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the way that I'm speaking with you. But I, I can, you know, you, you get me rolling on something that I really love. And I want to say, like, I'm really enthusiastic about it. I believe in things deeply. I feel things deeply. So I always wear my heart on my sleeve mm-hmm. and I'm really honest. And I always try to um, cover my downside and know what's the worst thing that can happen. And really, Be prepared for that. And also, if somebody's asking me, I want to be able to relay it, honestly, because it it may not happen, but it could happen, Mm -hmm. right? So we move forward in positivity and prepare for what could happen in order to protect our downside and to keep everything moving positively, um, because that really means everything on a set, because filmmaking is just so hard. You know, yeah. it's, it really takes a lot of things that come together. It's, it can be expensive and we need all of these things working um, simultaneously and really synergistically, right? So, you know, one plus one with the right one and one can equal three, four, five, and six. Mm. doesn't have to equal two. So that's always what I'm looking for when I create a team because we're usually working in really small teams but these small teams make films with big impact and that look incredibly as beautiful as, as any like really high budget production. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Elaine, how did this artistic journey begin for you? Where did it start? I think I've always been an artist, right? I, I think artists are born. I mean, at least in my case, um, my father was an artist and I think I really get it from him. And when I was a kid, my dad used to put us all in like a group, in a salsa group, and I used to be the lead singer. <laughs> yes. You know, we used to go to parties and I, that whole entire dance floor was empty and I was up there dancing. I was a horrible, not, not horrible, <laughs> but I wasn't a great dancer. It wasn't like I was like a ballerina or anything, but I just used to get up and dance and I would be the only one dancing on the floor and it didn't matter and I would dance all night because 
because that's just who I am. So I feel like that's just a part of me innately. Um, then as I grew as an artist, I started to really be able to um, rely on the energy to keep me going. That's for sure. Um, but little things were happening in my life that really led me to, to understand and really got, got like I was bitten by the bug mm -hmm. and not just from my father. When I was in the sixth grade, there was a school play. I was the lead and um, the teacher would not let us move past a certain scene until everybody got all their lines right. And those first two scenes took months. It was really like none of us thought it was going to end up well. We all thought it was going to just crash and burn. And then the third scene was basically all mine. And I came in really well prepared and I just gave it my all. And it was the first time that I really made a difference in anybody's life and really anything that I did seemed to matter. Hmm. So I feel like I carry that with me as well as an artist that like that was the first time that I did something that mattered as and I was a child, you know, so and then as I deepened as an artist, when I grew up, I started going to acting school. I studied acting at multiple places, UCB, the Pitt, yes, um, the Michael Pitt. Howard Studios. <laughs> yeah. But mostly at, and where I learned the most was actually through Win Hammond Studios at Carnegie Hall. And that experience really deepened my need as an actor to um, want to be a part of telling authentic stories mm -hmm. uh, for Latinx people. And so um, I started writing as a matter of, I felt not represented in an entertainment industry that I was struggling to be a part of. And so I wrote what ended up becoming an awarded one woman off-Broadway stage play. Mm -hmm. And it changed my life to understand the power that I had to tell the stories that I wanted to hear. Right tell the stories that I thought were missing in the fabric of entertainment. And my audiences really let me know that this wasn't about Elaine telling her story, but it was about telling the stories that other people wanted to hear and needed to feel represented by. And so, you know, as I continued to make content, I, I really wanted to, uh, I really moved forward in that direction, knowing how important it was to other people that the content was being put out there. And that's sort of what kept me moving in the direction that I was as a filmmaker. And then the more that I directed, the more I loved it. And then um, I, I used to direct myself quite a bit mm. in the things that I wrote. Um, and I realized that doing so at times was putting my directing in jeopardy mm. or like not letting it be the best that it can be because um, because I didn't want to give myself playback ever, you know, right, I always right. wanted to, um, be the same as the other actors. If I was going to be on the set and not take the extra time to watch. So even though I was delivering performances and I feel strongly that being an actor and a director at the same time is, is really using the same parts of your brain. Hmm. It really is. Yeah. And it's no struggle for me to jump behind the camera to in front of the camera. I really, no struggle, same part of my brain. Now, if I'm directing and you ask me, what time is the truck coming to pick up the lamp? <laughs> don't ask me that because that's another side of my brain that has to work. So I don't mind acting and directing at the same time. I do mind directing and producing at the same time. 
that I think uh, messes with my flow. Uh, flow, ability yeah. to get the most done. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, it messes with my flow. That's a good word for it. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're directing on a low budget, you don't have the time for playback. Right. You, you know, I did actually do a cameo on my latest film, but no other actors were needed for the shot. And literally the character was looking down, no words. And I was watching the monitor the whole time to see what I what I had, because I, I understand how everything is going to affect the screen. And just so just so the listeners know, playback literally means playback. Just so you guys are aware. If you don't yeah. know what playback means, it just means playing it on back. <laughs> rewind and watch. Yes. <laughs> where, where if you're on camera, if you have to rewind and watch every single take that you did. Um, and it's not as an actor that I don't know that I got mm -hmm. it. That's not it. Is as a director, did the focus shift in the way that you wanted it to with the timing that you wanted it right. to? Right. Because those things are super important and influence the way that a, a, um, a, an audience is is receiving the film. And so that's the kind of stuff. Not not, you know, did I get it as an actor? I feel real confident that I got it as an actor. It's did this happen properly in the way that my directing head wanted audiences to get it? Right. There's so many layers. So that's the time that I don't have to. Like, yeah, there's yeah, so, yeah, many yeah, layers. so many layers. I think that's one thing. Yeah. If, if you gather anything from listening to you speak about all of the hats you wear, there's so many layers that go into creating a piece. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. 
It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to dive into your other hats of casting and producing. I'm curious to hear this from you, but you've you've been in the industry now for quite some time. And I want to know the transition that you're seeing for Latine people in the industry. I mean, you're coming at this now from different areas, right? And now you're casting and producing. So you're behind the table. Are we growing? And then I'm very curious um, in that in that growth. How are we as a Latina community, are, are we stepping up to make sure that we are showing all shades and colors and Afro-Latinos on screen and, and what that is like? Because as an Afro-Latina actress myself, that's been a struggle. And that's been something that is hard on this end to understand. And you're, you're on a different end of the table. So I'm very curious for the evolution that you have seen within casting and producing and being in these rooms where these conversations are happening. What has that been like from, let's say, years ago to now? Wow, what a question. Yeah. So first, let me just say, it's not like I said, I'm going to be a casting director now. <laughs> it was actually someone offered me the job after they saw my play. Ah. Someone who I had, um, I had been an on-camera commercial talent for. Hmm. And they were like, saw my play and they were blown away and said, I want to work with you every day, but I can't hire an actor every day. So what else do you do? And I was like, what do you need? I, I didn't care. I just wanted to be a part of production in any way before I really started producing. Um, and they were like, do you cast? And I was like, I could try. Um, I know a good experience from a bad experience. I know, <laughs> I know that I could improve on the experience of the actor. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of talented people that I could bring into a room. That's another for sure. So, um, so I started casting like that. It's now been over 11 years that I'm casting. 11 years? More than that even, I think. Um, like 12 years. Mm. And, and I love it. Um, I love it because even when... I've always been about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So even when there was a character that was necessary, you know, that they described as being Caucasian... I would give my client like the full eight hour day of casting in the room and I would like not take lunch or go an extra hour in order to see people of DEI, you know, in order to include other people that are unexpected. And a lot of the times those people would end up getting hired because they were so unexpected that it was actually a, a refreshing mm. moment for the people consuming the auditions. And so I'm really proud of that. Um, luckily now... I don't even have to focus on that as much because it, it does say like all, all colors and not just colors, um, not just ethnicities, but actually all genders. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes they'll say like all body types, which is really important too, right? Yes. Because mm -hmm. you have to be inclusive in any way, in every way. And um, I recently was at the Bentonville Film Festival and they, were, they had a panel called Fat in Front of the Camera hmm. and how important it was to represent fat people hmm. and black people and Puerto Rican people and all kinds of Latine people and white people and young people and marginalized voices, right? Because this is what makes the world go mm -hmm. round. So, um, so yeah, things are definitely changing. It makes it actually harder for me as a casting director <laughs> when I have a client that says to me, you know, 
a lot, a big age range, and then all ethnicities. Like, basically, you've told me that I could see 20,000 people <laughs> and you want to consider all of them. Like, narrow it down a little bit more um, because that, of course, takes even more time. Yeah. So now I want to make sure that I have, that I'm representing like Asian, South Asian, um, uh, uh, Latin, Latin A on this color spectrum, mm -hmm. Latin A on that color spectrum, males and females. Like, that's just like, get a better grip of what you want to see. I'll choose some other people that, that can make it happen as well, but it really does increase my workload. So it's overwhelming a little bit. Yeah, it gets overwhelming. And I'm like, I need to up my price. Like, <laughs> uh, you gotta give me like four. You know what I'm <laughs> like, curious about, Elaine? How do casting directors mm. get paid? Interesting. So it's, it's different. It's different for every job, um, like independent and like feature films go from like two to 4% of the budget. Okay. Um, oh. so that's like a normal scale, but like commercials, I mean, it depends on how many characters are needed. Voiceover is the same thing, but, um, you know, sometimes I have a contract like with, um, like with Alma's way, the animated series for PBS. Yes. I'm there their lead casting director, only casting director. We just entered the second season. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So we just, you know, I just give them a set price for this amount of characters. And then if there's more characters and then it's per episode, you know, but that's something that I took into account. And then I actually asked some of my casting counterparts to make sure that I was coming in on par mm. with what they thought was reasonable. You know, because I knew that I was the best person for the job. I also knew that it's a, um, it's on a SAG uh, educational uh, contract. Mm -hmm. So I knew that their budgets, especially PBS Kids, that was going to be a little um, less than normal. So I wanted to make sure that it just made sense for them to choose me. And it already made sense for me to choose them. So, um, but every job is different. It really depends. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by that because I, I have a lot of friends in casting and I realize I'm like, wait, how do they get paid? I'm, I, I'm just, I was always it's, curious it's not, about it. You know, and it, sometimes it's like it's you're working so many hours mm -hmm. and sometimes I don't get paid. Sometimes I'll take a job because I believe in the filmmaker. Mm. And I have to say no to that a lot more often than I used to because I just don't have enough time. Mm because I still have to say yes to me and the projects that I want to move forward as well. But sometimes I believe in a filmmaker so much that I'm like, okay, I, I don't need to make money on this. I can, you know, if the film does well, then I'll, then I'll make my fee on it. I see. It, or, but like, you know, that's just a part of uplifting a community that you believe in. That's not getting the same amount of attention as others. Mm. So, you know, I take it job by job. And, you know, right now I'm casting a feature film for a really great director that I believe in. And yesterday we had in the room uh, callbacks for a lot what? of the roles. <laughs> a, 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 vir a virtual live oh, like this Zoom. Okay, I thought you meant in the room. I was like, wait, you guys. Well, actually we had scheduled them in the room. Oh. We scheduled them in the room. And then a lot of the actors said, you know, I'm away. I didn't know that it was going to be live. And I was like, you know what? I, I really believe that we can get this done virtually, which is which is how the industry acts and reacts yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Like even as an actor still, like, you know, I just booked a recurring role on um ABC Queen. Come on, Elaine. A, uh, a guest star <laughs> on um that was a guest it was a guest star recurring on Queens and then it was a guest star on the resident. Mm. That was all virtual. That I, I didn't even have a callback. Right. My callback was like, put yourself on tape with this new scene. 
and then they decided. So um, that sort of thing was, it, it's really as an actor to know that the big productions do it this way. Mm -hmm. And now as a casting director to say, why can't I do it this way too? It's actually when COVID first hit, I had already been mostly virtual before COVID. Really? Yes, yes. Because as an actor, my whole career, uh, a lot of the things were happening in California. And then, ca and then casting directors would call me in, put me on tape, and then just ship. Back then it was VHS. <laughs> and then just ship the VHS tape the good old days. to California so they could watch yeah. it. And then I've been, you know, I've been brought out to California for, for uh, screen tests based on that. Right. So. So why wouldn't I use those tools today that are even easier to use and more accessible? So when pre-COVID, I was already doing that. Post-COVID, um, it was during that time that I had first gotten the job for Alma's Way. And the idea was that we were going to have everybody in the room. And that's how I, I, I priced it. Um, but then when it came time to um, do the virtual stuff, like when COVID was happening, they were like, you know, we're going to wait this out. Hmm. We'll start later. I was like, we don't have to start later. We can go right now. Yep. And they were like, no, no, we'll start later. I was like, all right, we'll start later. But then when it was clear that COVID was not going away, there was no starting later. We had to act. And I was totally prepared for that. You were ready for it. Every casting director that I knew was scrambling on, how am I going to continue to work? Where I was like, I'll show you. Hmm. And now like, it's, it's just the norm. And I was sort of ahead of my time on, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had to say when I said when I heard you say in the room, um, which listeners, it literally means in the room. <laughs> uh, for well, a now it means in the virtual room. But now it means for a well. virtual room as well, yeah. um, which is like. And I have to say, yeah. I enjoyed the callback so much yesterday. I got a chance to, to direct actors mm. and a lot of really talented actors. And I was practicing my craft as a director. So, um, and as a casting director, clearly, but as a director, it really boosted my confidence to know that I could just work with these people on material that I, I mean, I didn't write it. Mm -hmm. I, I was, I knew it, but I didn't like, I, I didn't do the case studies on the work like I do on the work that I direct and write, but it really made me feel confident on my ability to direct people on the fly mm. and take what the artist, individual artist is giving me to give them back something that they might be able to work with, as opposed to like, I'm going to give everybody the same direction. Yeah. No, everybody's unique. Everybody needs something different. Um, so it was, it was really nice to be doing that. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, 
State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What I love about hearing you talk is like how you bring everything together. To me, it sounds like a delicious sancocho. I'm Dominican, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, because it, it's like you're bringing all I'm the. Rican, I know I know, too. I know you know. It's but it's like it's like it's bringing in all of these like beautiful like flavors of who you are as a person and the incredible meal that you create from that. I just, I, that's literally, I'm such a visual person and, and I love food. That's literally what I think about when I'm hearing you speak and how you bring everything in the room with you. And it's so refreshing as an actor to hear someone in your position bringing that in the room. It's a breath of fresh air. Thank you very much. It gives me Thank hope. It gives me hope. Um, I'm <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. If you don't feel that you're getting what you need from a director, you just need to make all those decisions ahead of time because not every director is going to give you stuff. Definitely um, not. <laughs> you're lucky if you get ones that say that was good. Absolutely. That yeah. was good. Because at least that makes you feel supported and now you can play. Yeah. Like that's the best directors that I've been directed by are actually female and they're very supportive. And then they give you like little things and, but deliciousness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, but I like to give that a lot to my people. I believe in, in actors so much. And at the end of the day, you know, that's what, that's, what's affecting the audience, it is. right? It's, it's their journeys that are making them feel. So I have a lot of respect for actors and what they bring and everybody on set. Elaine, what do you, uh, and maybe I'm just biased asking this question, but for our listeners who are, dreaming of being in the, in the industry or being an actor or, and just because you are casting now and, and all of that, what do you look for? What is the thing for you? And I know everything's different, obviously, you know, different roles and different projects that you work, but what is the one consistent thing that you look for in the actor, in the artist? So I'm looking for a lot of different things at once, right? So Close your mouth as you're listening because mm. keeping your mouth open while you're listening makes you feel like you're ready to talk right. instead of listening. Mm. So for some actors, sometimes they just need a physical direction to help them make a better performance on screen. 
to deliver a better on-screen performance. So for some actors, it's just like a little technical note. Like, don't move so much, you know? You're like, you're, you know, I just say, sometimes somebody's like doing all of this, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'll say to the actors, actor, you know, like, practice stillness right now and give me everything that you were giving to me, but in stillness. Hmm. And because, you know, that's what the camera needs is this stillness in order to capture everything all the nuances that are happening in here, all the feelings. So um, I think that's a matter of craft and then knowing, uh, studying what you look like on film and studying for on-camera acting, right? And then um, for other actors, I like to be ready with um, action-driven stuff to tell them. Like, like I don't want to say to them, louder, faster, meaner. Like, that's not good direction. No. You know, but it's it's kind of the direction that you want them to give, that you want them to put on. You want their focus to be on the other character. So it could be like, um, you know, order him around, convince him. You know, that's better than saying, like, be persuasive. No, convince him. Right now you've given somebody an actionable direction that you're like, I'm going to convince you right now. And, and so now all of their attention is put out on what they have to do to the other character. And those that's what makes for better performances. So that's what I want to do for actors. Also, sometimes I just want to raise the stakes mm. and what it is that they're trying to accomplish. So I'll say, I'll give them an as if, you know, it's as if, if they don't get this done, you know, that person's going to jail. Mm. Those are things that can really uh, help an actor get there. I remember as an actor when I was um, working on the play um, that takes place during a war in Italy. And, you know, I had to really put myself in a place where what if the world around me just crumbled? Mm. Like my house, my buildings, my people around me and people were dead. And like just bringing yourself into this space of utter destruction is what helped me really tap into the desperation of the character because that play is about like women who sell themselves to soldiers in order to get food. Mm. Like the basic needs of life mm. are gone. And these are the places that actors, if they're working hard on their role, mm. hopefully they bring themselves to those places so that they can um, lean into the treasures that they create for themselves when it comes time to, um, to do the work. Because a lot of the times this work is happening at the most inopportune times. Sometimes it's one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. You're entirely, you spent the whole day, you're on like, like golden time. And now they're saying, okay, it's time for your monologue. Right. And your eyes are dry because you're working in a dry environment and you can't get to the place where you can be. But your craft is always going to pick up the pieces for you. So it may not be the best performance that you could have delivered in the most ideal circumstances, but at least you can deliver it. And that's really important for any actor. Studying acting and studying improv is also super important to not just actors, but just human beings who have to pivot in their jobs. And, and I think we all have to pivot every day on what it is that we do. Yes. Elaine, I have some questions for you. This is the this is the question segment. This okay. is the moment we've all been waiting for. The speed for. round. Go for it. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Merengue, salsa, or bachata? Oh, Lord have mercy. 
Well, I'm a good bachata dancer, but I always choose salsa because because you're Puerto Rican. I mean, I up, no, I grew up on. My father was a musician, okay, right? That's so true. I grew up with all the salsa records that I actually could not stand because I grew up in Brownsville and I just wanted to hear rap and disco, yeah. and house music. But um, and I didn't like to hear the endless salsa music that happened in my house. But as I grew up, uh, as I became an adult, I came to understand and appreciate it and embrace my culture in ways that I had not as a child. Mm. And I feel like that's a personal journey that I like to express on film as well. Mm. So salsa. Salsa next. next. <laughs> Favorite movie of all time. Oh my God. Favorite movie of all time. So many. You only choose one. Oh, that's so hard. I know. Choose one. I know. All right. Oh Lord. I'm going to choose the wrong one because tomorrow I'll wake up and say, why didn't I say that? I'm going to choose a silly one that everybody knows. Um, Aaron Brockovich. Okay. True story, real person, struggling mother, uh, shot beautifully, mm. um, uh, rose to the occasion to help others in service of others. I mean, this is a terrific story um, that um, always makes me cry and always makes me feel like I could do more in society and more than what was ever expected of me. So I choose Erin Brockovich. I think that's a great answer. It's a really, really good one. If you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, and them and theys, go see it. <laughs> yes. Last and final question. What is the one thing that reminds you of home or defines what home is for you? So home is wherever my husband and my dog are. Mm. Um, that's for me now. Home is definitely that. So it could be anywhere. Uh, I, I actually am, I live in two places now. I live in New York still, but I also spend a lot of time in Miami. And most of my time uh, since even pre-COVID, um, in the winter time I spend in Miami. Uh, but it's always where my husband is, right? Yeah. Cause that's my heart. Mm. And, and yeah, I set up a desk wherever I live. Yeah. So like here I have a really great office. You're in my office right now in Miami. I have a room dedicated to my work as well with all my posters up and everything that inspires me and reminds me of the work that I've accomplished and inspires me toward the work that I need to accomplish. So, um, yeah, home is where the heart is, and the heart is where my husband and my dog are. Shout out to all the husbands and the dogs. I know I feel that very hard. I just got I just got engaged, so I'm like going through the process of oh, all of that. Oh, congratulations! Thank you, Elaine. Thank you so much for coming on with Anita. I want you to come back because I'm like, there's so much more I want to ask you and like talk. Well, it cannot fit I, in 30 I'm minutes. I'm happy. I'm happy to answer your questions. Um, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm happy to join you again. And uh, I salute you for the work that you're doing in the Morenita podcast and, you know, just enlightening people as to other people's works and, and highlighting people as well. So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, Elaine. I hope you have an amazing, I can't wait to see all the things you continue doing. I can't, I, I love going in for you. I love all the work that you do. No, I, 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 I know your work very well, oh, girl. <laughs> Yes, yes. No, it's always a pleasure. It's always a joy. Everything that you're working on, I love seeing your name. And I'm always like, yes, I know this is going to be something fun, something that I can connect with. Thank you. It's a lot of pressure to keep up with um, what people expect of me now. I let that um, also be a guide, like trying to always up my game. I mean, for myself as well. But it is a lot of pressure. And, you know, I, I, I realize 
that as a Latine content creator or in any of my job functions, I represent so many people and the hopes of so many mm. people. That's it's not what I'm trying to do, but I understand it. And I, I want all of um, anybody who feels that they are also representing uh, someone of a marginalized community, I want them to understand the responsibility of that mm. so that they take it even more seriously and not as personal, but make decisions that actually elevate the communities that they represent yeah. because people will judge us and put us into one big pool. And so I always say, I'm responsible for you. You're responsible for me. Love that. So, um, so do your best always. And, Period. And, always show and up. Make sure, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a quick story before we end on that. That's just a case in point. One time I went up to, I had seen this big producer that had actually given a really huge financial support to a, to a, to a, a, a Latino director um, that I was a huge fan of. And I went up to them and I said, yo, you helped this person. Thank you so much. Like this, you know, and the guy was like, no, I, I'm sorry that I helped that person. So, mm -hmm. um, so there you go. You know, somebody could be in, now, now I could have had a great conversation and talked about my filmmaking and maybe that person would have wanted to support my filmmaking journey, but because of the experience that they had with another person that was, um, Latino, they just shut that door down. Mm. So when I say that you're responsible for others, you know, I want us to really, you know, think about that and, and let that also um, help you to operate in ways that you feel will elevate the community like we have to together. On that note, you are responsible for others, y'all. <laughs> Elaine, thank you so much again on being here and and spending your very busy, busy schedule, giving us a little portion of that. And um, I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Morenita is a production of Sonoro in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. 
I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.